0: Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges.
1: My guest this morning is described as a highly accomplished membership and marketing executive with over 25 years experience in North America and international programs and organizations. He held leadership's role in the airline industry, as well as credit card and insurance, car rental, specialty retail, and hotel industries. His specialties are database marketing, data and analytics, CRM, marketing, loyalty, and revenue management. We'll talk all about this later. Sure. (laughs) He has over a decade of experience in political uh, advocacy, intergovernment relations, and board leadership. He's passionate and actively involved in the interest of Calgarians and Albertans. My guest this morning is Sol Zia, Executive Director of Calgary Hotel Association. Good morning, Sol. Good morning. How are you today?
2: Not too bad. Really good.
1: So, you know, we just had a very uh, crazy but very successful stampede. We sure did. And you could not ignore looking at the BMO Center that is almost done or getting close to be completed. Absolutely. And the question that has to do with the hotel association is, okay, we'll have the we we'll have the BMO Center. I don't know if it will take a year or a year and a half. I, I know the Calgary Tell Us Convention Center is going through some major innovations and the museum across the, the street goes. Correct. Yep. Do we have enough hotels to support big conventions?
2: The short answer is we don't have enough hotel rooms in the city to support the scale of conventions when the BMO Center, which is opening uh, June of 2024, and will host its first major global convention in September of 2024. And, uh, you know, once again, the short answer is um, when both convention centers are operating at full capacity, we'd be short, uh, depends on who you talk to, but if you talk to me, 3,000 to 4,000 hotel rooms short of meeting the demand, or that scale of conventions, if both centers are operating in concurrent with citywide conventions. So,
1: and we're talking to you. So, <laughs> 3,000 to 4,000 rooms within what, two years, three years?
2: I would say we're going to feel the shortage by 2027. So, so, that's... so, new convention center opens up, you know, it has a bit of ramp up, it's hosting its first major conventions. But by 27, 2028, we will feel that shortage of hotel rooms.
1: So, um, what is the Hotel Association doing right now to, you know, mitigate this future shortage?
2: You know, we're working with levels of government, um, primarily the city, but also the province, uh, towards bolstering the capacity for hotels. That comes in all sorts of support when it comes to land and and, uh, assessments and approvals, funding. We're working very aggressively with parties that are looking to develop hotels you know, primarily in the uh, downtown and Beltline. When you look at BMO Centre, it is south of downtown. Uh, and developing hotels in that area is uh, a, a primary and high priority for the Calgary Hotel Association.
1: You mentioned that your discussion with the city, and we all know about the city program to convert office uh, space into residential units because we're also having shortage of rental units. Um, is there any discussion or any idea or any kind of vision to do the same? You know, some of the buildings are completely obsolete in terms of office use. And, and I say it as a real estate guy. Um, is there any discussion or any idea, vision to do the same program to to uh, with, with grants to convert existing office into hotels?
2: There's already conversations. The discussions are already underway, and one of the one of the great examples is the old Birchcliffe Energy Building on Fourth Avenue. And I, I, I won't call it old because it's it's now the Wesley Hotel. So it, there is uh, a number of examples of converting commercial office to hotel. Now, just like residential, th- those are difficult conversions. So it is really discussions right now. We already have examples, such as Birchcliffe Energy, that building which is now the Wesley Hotel. Uh, We're talking with the city about, you know, dual usage, whether it's residential and hotel. So everything's on the table, but nothing other than the Wesley Hotel, which opened uh, in 2021— uh, right in the heart of the pandemic. Uh, we haven't had any other conversions that have been finalized yet.
1: Well, we know that during the pandemi- pandemic and shortly after, you couldn't get financing for hotels when they had capacity of what, 20 to 30%. Is today financing available for f- hotel construction or re- redevelopment?
2: It's slow. Um, you know, we're talking to him, having a few meetings around the financing side with a few folks uh, around real estate. Um, but... but Major events have a dramatic effect on that category. So unlike commercial office, you know, which has long-term leases, you know, we can talk about vacancy. Uh, Let's say the the vacancy rate is, you you pick it, 30%. Uh, But when the pandemic hit, the hotel vacancy rate was 95%. So transient revenue is very distinct from commercial lease. And that has been a barrier to securing finance. It's just the nature of the hotel commercial model. Versus commercial real estate, meeting office.
1: Uh, there was an announcement, of course, on the new hotel being built uh, close or in on the Stampede grounds. Uh, what can you share with us about that?
2: Uh, I mean, there's a few interesting developments. So that project is moving forward. Uh, there are things that are still being finalized. Um, you know, our hope is that it is um, greater than 300 rooms when it opens. It was initially planned at around the 230 room level. Uh, I've, I've heard, and I'll call them, you know, rumors. Uh, I can't confirm them as of yet, but it may be larger, you know, greater than 300 rooms, which would be great. Uh, and the Stampede and Calgary Municipal Land Corporation are looking for opportunities for further hotels to be developed uh, around the the BMO Center to support that new convention center.
1: Uh, a few years ago, um, I met a group of people that came from Israel. This is where my origin is, and... Um, it hit me that they used Calgary as a landing place and then immediately went to the Martins. Uh, stayed maybe one night just after they landed. How can we keep some of this tourism and some of this money to support the retailers, the hotels, the cab drivers, the Uber drivers? How can we as a city, not just during Stampede, uh keep some of this revenue and keep some of those tourists walking on... and? Exploring our city,
2: and you know, I'm going to start with an observation, and <laughs> then I'll answer the question. But you know, for those of us who travel through the U.S., you know, airports like Los Angeles, Denver, Salt Lake City, Chicago, we're all used to seeing that sign that says Banff slash Calgary. Even if you're getting on a plane nonstop to to Calgary from any one of those airports, it's Banff slash Calgary. And and you're correct that a number of people land at YYC get into a bus or transportation, and go straight to the resorts. Uh, Now, one way to, you know, and a great way to, let's say, very nicely disrupt that, would be further progress on the Calgary Airport downtown Banff Rail Line. You know, giving folks, uh, first of all, a sustainable way and path to the mountains, uh, but a logical and nice way to spend a night in Calgary, whether it's on the way to the mountains or on the way back. But currently, you're right. You, you land, you, you get into a nice motor coach, and you head straight to Banff, and you may come back to Calgary, or that coach may take you to another, another market. But we have a lot of people who bypass Calgary because they're going straight to the resort mountain markets. And one way to, to shift that, uh, and it's, it's actually very good development, and we'd like the provincial government and the city government to, to move forward on it, is that Calgary Airport downtown Banff Rail Line.
1: So you're in the support of the rail line to
2: Banff? 100%. Uh, because it will, you, the highest frequency will, will be between the Calgary airport and downtown. It, it also provides, it's not just for tourists, it provides a new backbone of transportation for hotel workers. Let's face it, living in Banff and in the mountain regions is quite expensive. It's very difficult, um, given... Vehicle and all that to move folks who are living in the Calgary area and want to work in Banff. Um, When you look at other markets where, you know, sometimes they're rail line Toronto. You know, I've heard 30, 35% of those moving on the rail line are folks working um, at the airport uh, in that instance from from other parts of the city. Uh, So it's not just supporting visitors, which it does. I'll get back to that but also supports the ability for, for workers to move between one market and the other.
1: Well, uh, so we have to take a commercial break. As we know, uh, as you know, commercial is part of the business. <laughs> uh, my guest this morning is Sol Zia, Executive Director of Calgary Hotel Associations. And again, we want to thank uh, our sponsor, Calgary Economic Development for their support over the last two and a half years.
0: Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges.
1: We're back with our guest, Sol Zia, Executive Director of Calgary Hotel Association. So, Saul, I want to change now completely the subject. Because sure. when I read your bio, I go, oh, there's a lot of things I can talk with this guy, not just <laughs> about hotels. And one of the things that caught my eye as a business owner was the revenue management, your expertise in revenue management. Um, how important is revenue management to a business, any business, because you come from big businesses that you were in leadership positions. And I'm talking, let's let's focus on the small to mid-sized businesses. And what makes a good revenue manager?
2: You know, that is actually a really good question. And
1: I, I would try. What,
2: what, takes, what makes a really good revenue manager is two components, two dimensions. I would say education. So, someone with a very strong financial acumen, great with tables and spreadsheets and those reports, and then time—the the ability to see various cycles. Uh, so, revenue management in the work I've done has always been around in travel and tourism. And let's uh, let's be very honest and blunt. Major events have a huge impact on travel and tourism. It's a very sensitive category. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not diminishing banking or other areas. Um, you know, whether it's financial services or or, um, retail, uh, dining. But you look at major events like 9-11, the financial crisis in the- uh, 2008, 2008, 2009, um, COVID, the floods in Calgary, SARS in Toronto. The first category to always get hit when something big happens is travel and tourism. Let's look at the financial crisis of 2008. The first thing that got cut was- um, People weren't flying. You, know, you weren't. You weren't traveling. You had to get your senior vice president to sign off on a on um, an arrangement to to fly anywhere. Just because the bottom, the first thing in the bottom line that's cut is travel, right? It's it's a sensitive area. So you need that time, that ability to to think logistically about the impact of major events. We talked about conventions on right. uh, the first part of this interview, and you know conventions coming in, uh, you know the. The smarts of it comes in understanding. Okay, what's the right price for for groups and large groups? But if you give your whole airline, you know, if you give the entire flight or the entire hotel to a group, how much revenue you're giving away in terms of folks who are coming in, corporate travelers? So it's um, it's definitely a science. I wouldn't say it's an art. Uh, it, and you need you know just like any good scientist, you need that scientific method and that time to observe. But you also need the financial acumen. And uh, the financial acumen of a lot of folks, and it's not through their fault, when you go through two years of pandemic, meaning there's no revenue for two years, you forget how to manage revenue. So we're actually in a ramp up in a, in a, a relearning period, I think, for both air and hotel, which are you know, the most common areas you talk about revenue management. Sure, there's revenue management in other commercial areas, such as real estate, whether it's residential or, um, or office and lease. But it's um, that application. So, what what takes what what makes it uh, d- someone good is you. You can't come out of school and do it right away. You actually need to see a few cycles, quite a few quarters, um, because it's the predictive element. You, you have to get you have to get hit a few times. You have to get hit and figure out a way to recover, um, and then look at that. Long, you still have to think long term. You know, so when you look at the revenue manager, managers around Alberta during the pandemic. They were thinking 24, 25, 26. They had to look past their current state and their profit and loss statement of that day and think to the future and make decisions in the future. Um, Everyone's crossing their fingers, but those who are really um, good at it were logistic long-term thinkers. Mm, Interesting. Is there
1: any industry or any business that doesn't need
2: revenue management? Uh, No, but the the periods and cycles but you know revenue management and travel is an interesting thing and you know I've spent a lot of time in loyalty and at what point do you take someone redeeming points you call it whatever points you want do you want that seat for someone redeeming points which is sort of a different way to to calculate cash do you want to offer points to someone staying in a hotel does it cover the cost of housekeeping right can you turn the room as they say for those points so you know, you need a lot and you need to look at different layers of your P&L. A lot of other categories have kind of one major component of what sells, mm-hmm. right? They have one major sales target, whether it's consumer or business, whereas travel and tourism has a real mixture of consumer and business all at the same time. And they have varying degrees. Right now we're in a period where leisure travelers are actually spending more than a lot of corporate travelers. And uh, that's sort of shifted the thought and philosophy around, do I take a walk-in, someone who's booking a leisure trip, or do I take a business traveler? Anyway, I could talk for hours on this one. I know you don't have hours on it. (laughs) That's okay. Um,
1: Travel Alberta, Tourism Calgary, uh, the Hotel Association, Calgary Economic Development, how do you guys work together to bring new and exciting and bigger conventions
2: to Calgary? Tourism Calgary is really, you know, are local experts when it comes to marketing the region, which extends all the way to the Bow Valley. Uh, they also lead on meetings and conventions, Calgary, and sports and major events. Um, Tourism Calgary led uh, the awarding of the North American Indigenous Games who were just announced for Calgary last week or the week prior. They're also leading the charge, along with Edmonton, on bids such as the Commonwealth Games. Uh, because the the impact of sport to the economy is, is huge. You know, Travel Alberta is is marketing the entire province all at once and really focusing on on, uh, their new regional model. And then Calgary Economic Development, we love working with them. I mean, when you look at the business units in there, especially around film and TV Mm and the film commission, that is a significant amount of business for hotels and airline and rental cars and caterers and food and beverage. You know, Calgary Economic Development, is doing a great job around film and TV, which is a huge boon to the hotel industry. But also, when you attract businesses to to the city, they uh, they all spend time in relocation services, in hotels. You know, a new business coming in, you think of it as as locally impactful, but it definitely has a positive impact on travel and tourism.
1: You mentioned the Commonwealth Games that uh, Calgary and Edmonton are trying to get to come here. And uh, it reminds me about the uh, Winter Olympics that mm-hmm. we lost. Mm-hmm. And you, just, in the same sentence, you said, uh, the economic impact is big. Can you elaborate on this? Because I can hear now the same people that were against the Olympics coming again against the Commonwealth Games. Can you elaborate and, and explain the financial benefits of hosting sports events like Commonwealth Games?
2: And this might be dangerous, and we'll see how people react <laughs> to my dangerous. statement. Life but, is dangerous. But it's not about the Commonwealth Games in and of itself. It's about the infrastructure and the facilities um, and the events that we would lead up. You know, And I've, I've met with a, quite a few folks on this. It's not about the Commonwealth Games, but it's not not about the Commonwealth Games, but it's about the 20 events we would secure leading up to it, whether it's volleyball championships, rugby, cricket, uh, aquatics, you know, the the um, impact of the events that we would secure because we have the Commonwealth Games and we've built the facilities or improved the facilities and infrastructure to it. And then it's the 40 events we'll get after. You know, so at any, it's, it's not about the Commonwealth Games. It's about the 60, 70 events that we'll secure for the city that drive millions, hundreds of millions of economic uh, impact um, because we've got that center of the universe but, which is the Commonwealth Games, but the North American Indigenous Games also are going to have a profound effect on our facilities and our infrastructure, uh, especially with the sports that we don't historically have a lot of background in.
1: Uh, we are about 90 seconds before the end, and we're talking about conferences. So my company, Barkley Street Real Estate, is going to host a conference here in September 2024. How's the Hotel Association going to help us uh, bring a few hundred you know, real estate experts to Calgary.
2: You know, as I mentioned, <laughs> Tourism Calgary is the leader on meetings and conventions, Calgary. But the Hotel Association, we get involved with with conferences and events. And our goal is to make make it interesting. So if there are th- ways to make the, the event attendees or those who came in from out of town have an even more, you know, have a better time, a more pleasurable visit... Because it's it's the repeat visitors. You come in town, you know, for the Barclay Street Conference, you have a great time, and you, you're itching to come back. Whether it's you want to do the stampede or you want to do any of the other, you know, events we have or come back for something – It's the repeat visitation where the Hotel Association might look to to support you even further.
1: Uh, My guest this morning was Sol Zia, Executive Director of Calgary Hotel Associations, and good luck with getting us more uh, rooms and, and more conventions.
2: I sure hope so.
0: Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges.